0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Your Village Podcast, Parenting Beyond Discipline, the place to learn about all things parenting and get your questions answered. I'm your host, Erin Royer. I hope everyone here in the Northern Hemisphere is getting ready for or getting your kids back to school smoothly as possible. Here, life threw us for a little bit of a curveball like it commonly does. My kids are all on a swim team. And I thought the swim team was supposed to start on September 1st. So I put a couple of my kids in some swim stroke practice classes to hold them over. Well, it turns out the swim team actually started this week. So I now have one kid at four o'clock, one kid at five o'clock, and one kid is still in lessons at six o'clock across town. So it's been a little crazy. What I have managed to do, like I shared in the podcast a few episodes ago about getting the school year started right and the homework schedule, is we've started doing our homework at the pool. And it's actually been great. It's nice, it's quiet, it's relaxing. And while each of the other kids is in their swim practice, the other kids get to work on their homework and then we read books. So that's been great. But on to this episode. In this episode, I will be discussing bullying, what it is what it isn't, some of the reasons it happens, and some tips on how you can help your child at home and at school, both in areas of bullying prevention and helping your child after the fact. When I counseled with children in the schools, I worked both with children who were exhibiting bullying behavior and victims of bullying. So there are a lot of things that can be done, whether you think your child is susceptible, has already been a victim, a witness, or an aggressor to bullying. Now, first, it's important to understand that bullying is a very complex social issue. There are a lot of dynamics at play, and it's not one single dynamic that is always the catalyst or reason for bullying. It's also a social dynamic that needs continued study and better understanding. When we really stop and think about it, bullying is fairly prevalent in society, from domestic violence to spanking and other ways of aggressively disciplining children. I'm not saying these are always at play, many times they are not. But what do we do when we see someone else's children belittling another? Do we step in? We are so reticent in these situations and with good reason. But then we have to ask, are we condoning this bullying? Are we sending a message to both the victim and the aggressor that the behavior is okay because we're afraid to step in, because they aren't our kids and it's none of our business? I'm sure there have been many times in my life where I've stood by as a shopper hurls insults at a clerk. I'm not offering any answers to this, but just some things to think about when it comes to the question about where bullying comes from and why it seems to be so prevalent. But the best place to start is by sharing age-appropriate conflict so you know what that looks like. Then I'll share a definition of bullying, followed by the different types Then you can have a full understanding of normal conflict as opposed to bullying, because once you understand and know when someone is bullying and why, then you know when it's time to step in. I'll then go on to cover as much as I can about what we currently know about the dynamics of bullying, why it happens, and some things that you can do to prevent it, as well as stop it if you see or find out it's occurring with your children. Normal conflict for preschool age and younger, so this is ages four and even into five and younger, includes things like biting, grabbing, pinching, pushing, and kicking, basically the physical aggression. That does not mean it is acceptable, but know that this is normal because kids four and sometimes even five and under do not yet have the tools to resolve conflict in more mature ways. There are many reasons for this. First, their logical brains are still developing, so they are more reactionary. I discuss this in more detail in the episode on tantrums, so you can check that out. Also, their language skills are just coming on board, and therefore, they do not have the words and language skill that are needed to resolve conflict. Lastly, empathy, the ability to put ourselves in another's place, only begins developing at age three and isn't complete until around age nine. Now, regardless, we still need to intervene every time. If you have a preschooler, know that aggressive behavior at this age is not bullying. It is age appropriate. It just needs some coaching and guidance. In the elementary school years, ages 5 to 10, serial best friends are very common and they tend to socialize in small groups. This means exclusion is par for the course. There may be many hurt feelings over being excluded from play to parties. When resolving conflict, boys tend to be more physical. Just like with preschoolers, this does not mean it is acceptable. We need to work with any child showing aggression to find better ways to resolve conflict. But it does not automatically mean it's bullying. Another area for conflict is around developing and sharing opinions. Conflict over opinions like what to play, how to play, the rules of the play, what sports team is better, game or movie or superhero, these are very common. In middle school, cliques form with others of similar interests, so conflict can arise around acceptance. Also, friendship and romantic feelings may blend, resulting in conflict and hurt feelings when one person begins to develop romantic feelings and they aren't reciprocated, or a friend begins a romantic relationship with someone another friend is attracted to, or even two friends from a group start connecting romantically and one or more friends feel left out. In high school, conflict can revolve around teen parent, teen teen, or teen teacher. These are all common with increased need for and development of independence that comes in these teen years. Technology-related conflict over texting and social media can arise with misunderstandings, and given the tone and facial expression are lost in the interactions. Also, internal conflict is common as well. Who am I? Where do I fit in the world? My family? My peers? How am I different or similar to these groups to which I belong? So now let's get into bullying, beginning with the definition of bullying. Interactions have to have three key factors to be considered bullying. The behavior has to be intentional. The intent has to be to hurt the victim, whether it's physical or emotional. This is why preschool aggression does not fall under bullying. A three or four-year-old does not realize they're hurting another child, and even when that realization does kick in, that certainly is not the intent. That child just knows they want that toy in that moment. They get frustrated, and they grab the toy or hit out of frustration. A seven-year-old who puts his foot out to stretch and another child trips, this is not intentional and not bullying. Now, the second factor that needs to be in place is that the behavior needs to be repeated one or even two acts of aggression, even if they are intentional, is not bullying. It's mean and it's a bad choice and it could easily turn into bullying if it happens again. Lastly, there has to be a power differential of some sort. This can be in numbers, two-on-one, three-on-one, three-on-two, social status, or physical size. So I'm going to share a story about a bullying experience that we had in our family, as it's a good illustration of how I determined that it was actually bullying as opposed to an age-appropriate disagreement. Our youngest son Chandler was dealing with a bully on his swim team this summer. Chandler is five, the aggressive child is six. So right there is a power differential in size and even social status, due to him being older and in a higher grade. This boy would get in Chandler's personal space and call him names every single time. He saw him to try to get him upset. So that was the repeated and intentional pieces. I'll share more about the story and how I handled the situation, what steps I took to stop it, and what finally worked after I share a little more about the background of bullying. So there are four types of bullying. The one most people think of is the physical bullying, which is obviously hitting, kicking, punching, and is more common among boys. There's also verbal bullying, the name-calling, Belittling and threatening. Then there's social bullying, and this is the exclusion. Remember, exclusion can be common in elementary school, but the difference between age appropriate exclusion and bullying is the intentional, repeated exclusion with the power differential. Basically, it's mean spirited. Age appropriate would be two girls have a sleepover, and a third girl finds out, and her feelings are hurt. Bullying would be three girls sitting at lunch telling the fourth she can't sit with them, or they're having a party and she's not invited, and they're engaging in this exclusion repeatedly. The fourth type is cyberbullying, and this is any bullying, most commonly verbal bashing, done through technology such as texting, social media, or email. Now, you can also get multiple types of bullying in one instance, physical and verbal, physical and cyber, such as when someone participates in the physical bullying and another person will video it and put it up on social media or text it out to other kids at school to humiliate the victim. Verbal and social often go together, the exclusion along with the name calling and belittling. So now some other important background information that's important to understand bullying, which is the roles in bullying. First is the aggressor, often called the bully. The second is the victim, the one that the bully or bullies target for their attention. Then the third role is the bystander or witness, and this role has a lot of power. A witness who does nothing sends a strong message that this behavior is not just tolerated, but it's supported. Saying nothing is supporting the aggressor. Now, the effects of bullying are so devastating and profound that over the last few years, at least 37 state laws against bullying have been adopted. There have also been civil suits brought against schools and school systems over bullying incidents, some with damages in the millions of dollars. It is important to realize that like sexual harassment and racial discrimination, some forms of bullying are illegal actions. Bullying is a serious issue that will impact the school experience of all the children involved, and this is why it must be taken seriously and effective measures put in place to prevent it. To me, there is nothing more important than my family's health and well-being. We all know the quality of the air in our home is important, but did you know indoor air quality can be up to 100 times dirtier than outdoor air? I've got to tell you about Puro Air. Parenting to get your code for 15% off your order, because great parenting deserves a great home. Home Threads, love where you live. So now I'm going to talk about some of the effects of bullying. Kids who are bullied are more likely to experience depression and anxiety, increased feelings of sadness and loneliness, changes in sleep and eating patterns, and loss of interest in activities they used to enjoy. These issues may persist into adulthood. Health complaints and decreased academic achievement, including lower GPA and standardized test scores and school participation. They are more likely to miss, skip, or drop out of school. Kids who bully others are more likely to abuse alcohol and other drugs in adolescence and adulthood, more likely to get into fights, vandalize property, and drop out of school, engage in early sexual activity, have criminal convictions and traffic citations as adults, and be abusive towards their romantic partners, spouses, or children as adults. Now, bystanders, or the kids who witness bullying, are more likely to have increased use of tobacco, alcohol, and other drugs, have increased mental health problems, including depression and anxiety, and miss or skip school. So obviously, bullying also impacts the whole school learning environment. For the dynamics, when it comes to the aggressor, they tend to have an inflated sense of self esteem, sometimes also with an underlying sense of shame, and also tend to be lacking in empathy. Now, there is so much more to this that I won't have time to cover in this episode, but just to touch on preventing your child from becoming an aggressor is to teach social emotional skills and empathy. By five to six, most kids should have a fairly developed sense of empathy. Also, children from homes with permissive parenting styles are more likely to become bullies. So, for information on how to teach empathy skills and parenting styles that lead to kids who are more cooperative, responsible, and achievement oriented, you can start listening to episodes number 22 and 23 on parenting styles and positive discipline. And you can also see the Intro to Discipline class or any of the Discipline Tools classes, Discipline Tools for Toddlers, Discipline Tools for Preschoolers, or Discipline Tools for Elementary Age kids to learn more about this. Toddlerhood and preschool years is when this foundation for empathy and other social skills should be laid. It doesn't mean it can't be taught later if a child gets behind, but these are important years for this. And I also have a new workshop on the site on choosing a preschool, which falls right into this area with knowing what to look for and making sure your kids do get a strong foundation for these skills in those preschool years. So you can check out the site for more information on any of those classes at yourvillageonline.com if you're interested to know more. For the dynamic of the victim, they tend to have lower self-esteem and also tend to come from families with an authoritarian parenting style. So prevention in this area, you can go back and listen to episodes two on self-esteem or number six on praise, which is directly related to self-esteem. And for lots more tools on supporting your child's growth of healthy self-esteem, there are also two classes on the site, one for kids under five and another for five and over. Also, again, you can go back and listen to episodes number 22 on parenting style and 23 on positive discipline. Then for more tools, you could always see the discipline classes on the website that I just mentioned as well. Now, however, even with all these things in place, there is no guarantee. I worked with several kids who were in trouble at school for engaging in bullying. Usually these kids come from nice, kind, caring parents. Now these parents weren't using positive discipline and did tend to fall into the permissive style just as the research is showing, but they were good parents with expectations of their children, but they were just missing a few pieces. They had thought and hoped that their kindness would just rub off. But like many things, this just isn't usually the case. Kids need to learn these skills and be coached on them. On the other side, good self-esteem and positive discipline reduces the likelihood your child will be bullied because bullies look for victims who are easy targets, but it does not bullyproof your child. I hate when I see articles or classes titled that, how to Bullyproof your child. You can't. You can reduce the risk. You can't remove it altogether. And our situation is a perfect example of just that. My son, who was the victim, has very good self-esteem. Obviously, we do use the democratic parenting style with positive discipline in our home. But also, my son Chandler can get emotional very easily. So when this other kid saw that, he honed in on him. This boy liked the power of getting my son riled up. So first, let me paint the situation for you so you have a better understanding. Like I already mentioned, it happened over the summer. Now, this boy is a neighbor, and also, as I mentioned, on the neighborhood swim team, and of course, in the same age group as Chandler, age five and six. Chandler being five, this boy being six. This meant practices were at the same time. At first, this boy was just trying to rile him up while they were playing in the pool during their brother's practice time. Yes, just to make the situation more perfect, Chandler's older brother and this boy's older brother were also on the same team and in the same age group, the seven eights, So that meant that for half an hour, every practice, Chandler and his bully were around the pool playing at the same time. So what did I do? At first, I did the basics, arming Chandler with advice to walk away and telling this boy, let's call him Alex, that he doesn't want to play with him and to go play with some kids who knew how to be nice. Then I told Chandler to come to me if Alex won't leave him alone. Well, of course that didn't work. Alex would follow Chandler around the pool, hurling insults to try to get a reaction. Now, one evening, Alex showed up at our house to play. I was very nice, but I had a little chat with him about it, letting him know that the behavior was unacceptable, that it hurt Chandler's feelings, and I needed him to stop. But the behavior continued. Apparently, I was too nice. It got so bad that Chandler wouldn't want to play at all and would just sit by me the entire time his older brother was in practice. So next, I talked to Alex's mom. I kindly explained the situation and how I had worked with Chandler and asked that she please speak with Alex. She said she would, but she was very nonchalant about it, very dismissive. So I could tell she didn't take it at all seriously. Also, because our two older boys were friends, I knew enough about their house rules that telling was never allowed and that the kids had to work it all out on their own that either she did not know how to handle these situations or just didn't want to be bothered. So the bullying continued. We went to the swim meet the next weekend. The kids lined up with their age group. I told Chandler to keep space between he and Alex and to never sit directly next to him and to always have at least one, but preferably two to three kids between him and Alex. My husband stayed in the corral area, even though parents aren't supposed to be in there. Luckily, he did, because of course, Alex and Chandler were on the same relay team. And of course, due to the swim order, they were lined up right next to each other by the coaches. Within seconds, Alex started in on Chandler, insulting him and then jabbing at him. My husband stepped in and told Alex he needed to stop. Now, here's the thing about bullying also, is that aggressors get very sneaky. They do it during times they think they aren't being watched. Alex had no idea my husband was standing right there, but once he knew he was being watched, he stopped and didn't attempt anything else that day. Soon, Alex started only insulting Chandler during practice while they were in the lanes waiting for instruction or swimming using the kickboards or lined up to practice diving. So at this point, I had to get the coaches involved. I really didn't want to do this. They are so busy and have so many things to take care of and on their plates, but I couldn't be in the lanes with the boys, so I had to let them know. So I just asked them to please have one of the junior coaches keep an eye on the situation and make sure Alex didn't get any opportunities to get close enough to Chandler. So they were not at all surprised as they had had many problems with Alex being disrespectful to them as well and had spoken with the parents before and nothing had changed for them either. They also said they would talk to Alex and his mom, but the bullying continued. They just couldn't always have a junior coach right there. So one night, Alex showed up at our house with his brother to play with our kids. I asked Alex to please come sit and have a talk with me. He sat down. I asked him if he had any idea why I might want to speak with him. At first, he said no, and then I said, I think you do. Why do you think I want to talk with you? And he answered, because of Chandler. And I said, what about Chandler? And he answered right away, because I'm mean to him. He knew exactly what he was doing. I went on to explain that, yes, that was the reason. And that every time Alex was alone with Chandler, that he was being mean, that Alex thought he was getting away with something, but that I knew exactly what was going on every time it happened and that he needed to knock it off right now. I told him the next steps would be that we would be inviting him and both his parents over, and the five of us would have a very serious chat. He never bothered Chandler again. So I was lucky in that I had the opportunity to speak with my son's aggressor directly. But I also think that the chat with both parents, pulling them in and letting them know the seriousness of the situation, would probably have worked well if we had had to do that. And that was the plan until Alex showed up on our doorstep. But what if you don't have access to the little stinker and I'm being nice here or the stinker's parents? I would have then gone back to the coaches and the board of the swim team. I would have talked with the school, which was my real concern. What would happen when the boys went back to school in the fall and I couldn't be there? Would Alex target Chandler at lunch or on the playground or every time they passed in the hall? So I would have alerted the school at the beginning of the year and really worked every possible angle, making a pain out of myself with the administration every single time it happened until it got resolved. And Alex and his parents got the message and appropriate consequences from someone that that type of behavior will not be tolerated. Okay, so sharing my story made this episode really long. So, now I have a growing list of questions, and one was from a mom whose older son is getting too physical with their younger son, and I had planned to answer that one today. So, I will do an episode next week to catch up on these questions. If you want to know more about bullying, more in depth about the dynamics, how to do more with prevention, and especially what to do both at home and ways to work with your child's school if your child is either exhibiting bullying behavior, has become a victim, or has been the witness of bullying, you can see the bullying class on the website at yourvillageonline.com, and it's under the education and the modern parenting sections. You can go to either of those to find that class. And for listening to this episode, you can enter the promo code NOBULLYING for 20% off of the bullying class or for either of our membership subscriptions, the month to month or the three-month memberships. If you have a question, please be sure to send it to podcast at yourvillageonline.com. And to see what episodes we have coming, you can go to yourvillage.com slash podcast. Thanks for listening to this episode and see you next time.